Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us the Quran was sent for our hearts to find comfort in and as a source of healing and mercy for each and every one of us. How do we achieve true inner peace through the Quran while balancing the stressful demands of everyday life? In this episode, we sit down with Quranic Reflection Coach Samia Mubarak, who offers insight on falling in love with the Quran and using it to achieve inner peace and healing. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode on the Remastered Podcast. I'm your host, Munira Madison, and I'm joined by our very special guest, Sister Samia Mubarak, who's joining us from North Carolina. And today we are talking about falling in love with and achieving inner peace through the Quran. So first off, how are you doing today, Sister Samia? Alhamdulillah, Jazakallah khair for having me. Alhamdulillah, doing well. How are you? Alhamdulillah, Jazakal Khair for coming. Um, you know, for our listeners who may not be familiar with you, this is this is a topic that we hear a lot of questions about. How do I get closer to the Quran? And you are the best person, I think, to have on this first podcast about this topic. Samia Mubarak is originally from the Sunshine State of Florida and completed her memorization of the Quran shortly after attaining her bachelor's degree in communications with a minor in psychology from Florida State University. She considers herself both a teacher and student of Quran and has taken classes with Mudakkar Fawaka Institute, Taysir Seminary, and Rabata. She is currently finishing up her Ajaza and Hafs recitation, mashallah. An avid special needs advocate, she's a single mom to two girls, one of whom was born with a very rare syndrome called CHILD, and has special medical needs. She is a home barista and takes the art of making cappuccinos and lattes very seriously. That explains the wonderful latte I just saw you sip from. <laughs> she founded Quranic Ocean while on her own journey of healing and growth and offers Quranic reflection classes to help others form a relationship with and connect with the Quran on a deeper, more personal level. SubhanAllah. You know, Sister Samia, I actually met you, what was it? about a year, two years ago, almost. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah, alhamdulillah. Yes, in Ramadan, and my first introduction to you, I didn't know any of that other information. My first introduction was literally through a Quranic ocean. And so can you tell us a little bit more about that initiative? Yeah, subhanAllah, I think it was just like an organic happening. Like I didn't know that, you know, it wasn't like a plan, subhanAllah. It was just like, you know, Allah's planning, it came naturally. I think, you know, just going through the challenges of life, like everybody does, subhanAllah. And alhamdulillah, because, you know, I grew up, you know, uh, in my household where my grandmother, alhamdulillah, memorized the Quran, my mother memorized the Quran. So the Quran was always like, you know, at the forefront in our home. So because I was, you know, just facing different challenges in life, like it, you know, pulled me to the Quran more. So when I found, you know, comfort in the Quran, and I felt like, you know, living in America, especially, we don't always get that, you know, um, personal connection with the Quran sometimes, that sometimes we feel like a barrier, especially because, you know, maybe Arabic, we don't know Arabic, or maybe Arabic is not our first language, etc. So sometimes we feel like, or maybe because we're not scholars, like, how can we interpret verses? How can we, you know, dive into a verse? But because subhanAllah, you know, I was, alhamdulillah, you know, given access to that, like, you know, through my family and through my studies that I was doing, I felt like, wow, I, I wish the world knew this more. Like, I wish every person knew that, you know, they can find comfort in the Quran in their own journey. Like, they don't have to be, you know, they don't have to have studied, you know, they, they all they have to do is bring their heart into the Quran. And that's what my teacher always emphasizes. So Alhamdulillah, you know, that's where Quranic Ocean came. Alhamdulillah, that, you know, it's nice to see that all of us are thirsty for more of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's words, right? So it's beautiful to connect with people, you know, across different, you know, lands and oceans and seas. But like, you know, the oneness, you know, of, you know, just wanting to dive into this book brings us together, alhamdulillah. Yeah, I mean, that's beautiful. You know, I, I've always had that moment at night sometimes when I look up at the moon and think, subhanAllah, this is the same moon everybody in the world is looking at. So you just reminded me of that with the Quran, you know, like this is something that is unifying all of us. We're all reading this, but it, like you said, it can be very intimidating almost at first. So for those, you know, either you grow up really immersed in rote memorization or learning the Quran, or you don't, and it can be very intimidating in that way as well. Um, so what would be the first steps, you know, to approach really 
creating or cultivating this personal relationship with the Quran? I think the first thing is to know that the Quran was sent for our hearts. Like that is, you know, when we come to the Quran with that mindset, right away it changes things, right? Because a lot of times, you know, just think of, you know, any reader, you know, people who love to read, right? A lot of times we love to read books because we want to like escape our life, right? Let's say that, you know, our life is chaotic and we just need to just, you know, get lost in a book and just pretend that that life is, you know, put that on pause. But what's beautiful about the Quran is that you take your world with you into your recitation, into your, you know, um, approach into the Quran, because the Quran, you know, was meant and was sent for us, you know, for whatever we are feeling, right? So if you're for, if you're feeling broken, you bring that brokenness with you and you know that there's a space for healing here, right? If you are feeling sad, you know that I can find joy in the Quran, right? Whatever you're feeling, you, you bring that with you. And I think that mindset really changes things because in life, you know, a lot of people don't give us permission to be who we are, but the Quran does, right? And the Quran always will. And I think that initial mindset is really, really key, inshallah. Oh, that's beautiful. And I, I don't think most people would actually think that, you know, we look at maybe it's how we're taught in Islamic school or in Sunday school or by our parents or something. But I don't feel like most people would say, oh, the Quran gives me permission to be who I am. You know, um, that was a really beautiful way of phrasing that. Could you expound upon that some more for us? Yeah, sure. So subhanAllah, um, I was reflecting on the verse in Surah Al-Qasas where uh, Prophet Musa السلام, like shows us how to be human and one of faith at the same time. Because I think sometimes we think that, okay, to be of faith, I have to like detach myself from the humanity of making mistakes, of being somebody who feels lows, right? Where it's actually quite the opposite. And subhanAllah, uh, Prophet Musa السلام, uh, says in Surah Al-Qasas, he said, Oh Allah, I've wronged myself, so forgive me. So he forgave him. Verily, indeed, Allah is the most forgiving, the most merciful. And here, you know, it's such a short verse and it's so concise but it's really profound in what it shows us that prophet musa he said i noticed that that was wrong you know he had unintentionally did something and now he just says yeah allah i've wronged myself simply right so forgive me and then allah says so he forgave him right subhanallah and so this is how the quran helps us accept who we are yes you will oppress yourself that's just a fact. You will make mistakes, right? But you can also keep coming back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I think a lot of times we be we get consumed by our wrong. Yes. The Quran shows us to be consumed, right? By who we know Allah is. And here he's the most forgiving, the most merciful. So rather than just keep looking at the past or the mistakes, look forward to his rahmah, to his forgiveness, right? And that, you know, is what embraces us and, and helps us, you know, move on. So here's probably, and there's so many examples. I just chose this because I was looking into it yesterday, but there's so many examples like this in the Quran, subhanAllah. That is such a beautiful example. And I love how it really reframes this idea of striving for this perfection and feeling really frustrated by expectation and feeling like we can't approach the book because we aren't worthy and really reframing that and saying, no, this, this, is our worth and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent this to us because he wants us to know him and he wants us to know his mercy and tap into that so thank you for sharing that I mean I think that's a really beautiful important example and something that we don't hear reframed often enough in our community speaking of which you just did a beautiful recitation I mean my heart just softened immediately upon hearing the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but also hearing them done with such beauty, you know, with the beautification of the voice. Um, 
female recitation. It's not very common in our community anymore. Can you speak to that? Like how were you ever afraid to get into recitation for fear that people would judge you or criticize you for, for you know, revealing your Ottawa, sorry, my pronunciation. <laughs> no, no, you're good. Yeah, I mean, again, like I think it become, it happened gradually, right? In the beginning, I was just reflecting and then SubhanAllah, um, may Allah reward her, Sheikh Maryam Amir, who you probably know, um, really um, helped normalize, you know, this, it was just in very private settings, right? And I would probably know somebody for most of my life, but never once heard them recite, which is, you know, problematic. I think now I'm like, wow, I cannot believe like now, you know, my friend of like, what, 30 years, I'm just now hearing her recite Quran. And I'm like, why have we not done this before? SubhanAllah. Um, but, you know, one thing that helps motivate me to, you know, um, bring more recitations out there uh, by females is, um, I get messages so often from people who tell me, I never knew I can recite Quran out loud. Yeah. And that this was their first time, you know, somebody who's 30, 40, 50 years old, this is the first time they've ever recited Quran out loud. Or they didn't know that they could even recite out loud in prayer, right? As women, right? SubhanAllah. So it's really changing the narrative of how we see faith and how we, um, how we use faith, you know, to our, to our advantage, because it's a different for anyone, right, to recite a verse out loud. It's just something else. And that's how the Quran was sent. The Quran could have been sent as scripture, not read. But the fact that it was sent literally verbally, right, being recited out loud, that tells us that it changes, you know, it transforms just being recited. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I, I, I pray that we we hear more female reciters. And, you know, I was telling because I'm giving a Surah Al-Qasas. You're going to hear a lot about Surah Al-Qasas. But because I'm giving my Surah Al-Qasas course right now, alhamdulillah, um, there's so many verses in the Quran that are from the perspective of a woman, right? So, for instance, Maryam alayhi salam in Surah Maryam, where she's, you know, going through the pains of labor. Only a woman really knows that feeling. A man can empathize, right, or sympathize, or you know, you know, feel that pain a little bit, but he will never truly know that feeling. Never. The same with the mother of Musa, right, where she's having to let go of you know her son at sea after Allah tells us in the Quran she had just breastfed him, she had nursed him again. Something a man will never <laughs> know what that feels like, right, or what that means. So the fact that Allah tells us that she had just nursed him and had to let him go, right, to, to the women who are on my course, you know, especially the mothers, that resonates with them, right? That resonates with them. So the Quran also helps us realize that you can connect with different places in the Quran, right? As a woman, right? As a woman. So when I, the other day, I was like, I want to feel that verse you know sometimes you just want to hear you know different reciters you know recite differently and I and I was like I want somebody to give me the feelings of that verse where the mother of Musa breast you know breastfed the, the baby and put him you know uh, see I listened to like maybe 9 10 11 reciters they were all male none of them were like getting what I needed none of them right subhanallah and again it's like it's not to put anybody down but it's just something it's just something different right Subhanallah. And then when I heard a friend recite it, right, a female friend, and she's almost yeah. crying, right? And she's a mother, right? Maybe she resonated with that, right? Yeah. Right. And subhanAllah, like I just it, it just gives us also different, you know, the Quran is full of feelings. So mm -hmm. and not just for women, but men and women, like anybody who's going through a certain feeling in their life, like for instance, the one I read about Prophet Musa, anybody who has just wronged themselves. Yeah. That, that verse will bring up feelings that won't won't come up for someone else so that's right. why it's important for us to bring our feelings into the quran and and know that like wherever you are whoever you are men women um if you're happy or sad like the quran is for you 
Yeah. And that goes back to like your first point about that, you know, it's relatable. It's about the human experience, you know, for anything in your life, it, it accepts you as you are and it gives you that guide, right? Because this Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the ultimate guide. But in order to actually have those feelings, right? In order to have that emotion and for a verse to resonate, we have to go beyond, you know, just memorizing it or just reciting it without understanding it. So this is going into like tafsir, right? So what is the role of that, you know, in how we approach the Quran, uh, especially with our children, or if somebody's a new Muslim or somebody's a renewed Muslim and they're just really getting back into things, you know, a lot of people say, oh, they focus on the memorization or they focus on reading the whole Quran. Like you need to finish the whole Quran. So for me as a convert, it was really difficult because first I just read it all in English and that is really not, you know, depending on the translation, you don't get the whole meaning and you're really not getting the meaning without having tafsir. So how can people approach this to really find something that resonates with them or to be able to be moved by these words to understand them? Yeah. Yeah, so I, there's a difference between looking at tafsir and doing tadabbur, right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, Afala yatadabbaruna al Quran. Do they not reflect and ponder, you know, at the Quran? Or is it that their hearts are in chains? So here it's interesting that the heart is actually the entrance point, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have said the, the, the mind or the brain here, right? Which is what we automatically want to do. We automatically want to look at the Quran tafsir mode what does this tell me what should i do what should i not do whereas what is this verse telling us is your heart in mm -hmm. are your feelings on mm -hmm. are your emotions intact are you feeling what you're feeling as you're reading the verse right so tafsir when you're looking at the tafsir of the verse that is something yes that scholars you know tell us what fiqh you know uh, rulings are can be derived from the verse right why did this verse come down right and that is important too right but tadabbur is something else where let's say you have 30 minutes right now, right? It's for me, it's like Quran and coffee time is like my me time, right? And you know, you don't have the books, right? You just have your coffee and you have your Quran, you have your translation. What, right. can, what can you do? What, right? What can you do in tadabbur is you bring your heart in. So one, one thing my teacher always tells us, and what's beautiful is that really when we are in class, none of us are scholars. Some, right. For some people, again, they're converts. And this is actually the first verse, for instance, that they've ever read in their life, right? And all our teacher does, may Allah reward her, is that she gives us one verse. One time it was Ayat al-Kursi, right? And she says, okay, we're going to read it and we're going to translate it. And we had like five different translations just to get, you know, she was like, bring your hearts in, listen to all the translations, you know, have your hearts on, right? And just, and then I want to hear from you. So all we did, this is something we can all do, listen to the translation, hear the translation, read it. And then she said, okay, I want to hear everybody's heart. Mm -hmm. I want to hear everybody's heart. Okay. So one person said, it made me feel like this. And there's no wrong feeling here, right? It made me feel, somebody said, okay, it made me feel reassured. Yeah. Somebody said, the fact that Allah doesn't sleep and doesn't need rest, it makes me rest more, mm. right? So there were so many different feelings that people gathered that I would have never seen before if we had not been told, what are you, what are you feeling, right? right. What, what, what is your heart feeling right now in that moment? And that is tadabbur. That is actually tadabbur. Tell me how this verse makes you feel. That is the one thing I ask, you know, whenever I'm teaching a new class, how does this verse make you feel? I love that. You know, sometimes I'm afraid, you know, I'm, I'm taking a Quran course. Actually, we just started two weeks ago. So Alhamdulillah, I was really excited to have this conversation with you um, because we, we did, we went over a verse, right? And everyone was asked, you know, to reflect on it. And so I said what I thought it meant. And turns out like once, once the tafsir came out or once they explained like the context, I was completely off, right? Like how I interpreted it was very different but I also really felt something by it through that reflection. So is that okay? Yeah, so again, as long as you are not interpreting it in a way that is contradictory to the text, right? You're not contradicting the text and you're not sharing something that is not 
true about the text, right? But again, like, and I'll give you an example because the word haqq, the word truth comes in Surah Al-Asr, right? That people are enjoining in truth. So we were reflecting in a group one day and I said, okay, what does truth mean to you? How can you enjoin in truth? For one person, she's a nurse and she said, okay, my enjoining in truth is for me to ensure that my patients are getting what they need. I'm giving them the right medications on time, the right amount, et cetera. That was her enjoining in truth. For someone else who's like an, ad- an advocate for social justice and things like that, She's like, for me, it's, you know, advocating for these people, right, who are um, going through a lot of injustices, etc. So that's two different interpretations of haqq, but they can both coexist, right? Because that is her truth. That is her truth. All we're doing, and that's how we cultivate a better society, by enjoining in that truth, right? SubhanAllah. So things like that, no, that's beautiful to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and like you said, that entry point with the heart uh is so important i love the fact that you ask your students and your teacher uh is asking you know how do you feel and then i'm assuming you do go into the context and you go into the meaning and and reflect even further upon that is yeah yes yes and again so i think sometimes people think to approach the quran you have to do it all Right, right. Where okay, you have to know the tafsir. You have to know why this ayah came down. If there's a reason, you have to know if there's a hadith related to it. You have to, and it's it, it can be overwhelming, right? Like let's be let's be honest. And I think that at times it, it creates a barrier. Versus if this is the first time somebody's approaching the Quran, you can stop at how did it make you feel? Yeah, you know that's okay too, right? Of course, the more you dive, the more you'll find hope and fulfillment and reassurance right but you can start somewhere right and you know my advice and my teacher's advice is always start with the heart bring the emotions in don't worry about the rest right now because once your heart is in your heart is going to want to keep coming back it's going to want to keep coming back and there are a lot of stories out there of people who have been visiting you know countries abroad and heard the adhan are people who have literally just heard the Quran and really been drawn to Islam or really been drawn to like reconnect with Islam through just that recitation and through that that moving of one's heart and hearing the Quran, which goes back to your point of the power of recitation as well and the 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 place for that. And then also that entry point with the heart. So subhanAllah, it all ties together. It's all very beautiful and simple and also complex at the same time. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Alhamdulillah. So in your journey with the Quran, how how did you I see that you know you went through many trials and I'm I'm assuming that through some of those trials that we mentioned in your biography, that's you know the point where you really started leaning on the Quran. Is there a specific verse or some verses that really just served as your anchor through a period of trial and tribulation? Oh man, that's a good question. <laughs> now I'm like trying to. For any of our listeners or viewers out there who may be going through something or who just want to really be inspired to reconnect with the Quran, what, what would be a verse that you would share, inshallah? I was like, by explaining more. <laughs> yeah, no, you're good. I mean, there's a lot of different verses that um, I that have resonated with me. Uh, one of them that, that my mind goes to right away um, is in the chapter of divorce, Surah Al-Talaq. And it's, um, and it's a pretty common verse. But I think once we really like live, you know, when you can like make a, mod- make a verse a motto of life. Yes. Like, if you really anchor yourself in knowing this verse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says and it's, it's squished between two, two verses where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Wa man yattaqillaha yaj'allahu makhraja wa yarzuquhu min haythu la yahtasib that Whoever is mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in their life, Allah, Allah will make a way out for them. Mm. Allah will make a way out for them and not just that, and will give them and provide for them in ways that are least expected. SubhanAllah. And so many of us can feel stuck in life, and especially the fact that this verse comes in the chapter of divorce, right? And you know, I've been through divorce, a lot of other 
women have been through divorce and the fact that there's a verse that tells us yeah you can feel stuck whether it's because of a relationship or because of studies or because of something else that you're going through you can feel stuck right right and be a believer it comes with that right and the fact that Allah Subh'ana gives us a refuge and outlet that your taqwa like your mindfulness of Allah is an outlet for you right and here it's like you can be in a room with no physical doors yet knowing Allah is that outlet Right, knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know that Allah can create a door for you from a place where a door never existed, even. Right. And that is what faith teaches us. Like if I can summarize faith in one sentence, that's what it was. That's what it would be. And maybe I would say that because of my personal experience, right? That faith is a door for you, right? It's an outlet for you. And for me, this verse resonated because you know, so many times, you know, life will will take you, you know, my you mentioned my daughter was born with a rare syndrome. Right. And that was its own journey. Right. Subhanallah. I had a friend who passed away when she was 29 years old. Suddenly that was its own journey. Right. Like so many, you know, we go through so much in our lives, but the more we have the Quran with us, like through those journeys, the more we realize that it was there for us, like more than any physical person could have been. Right. And it's, and it will always be there for us. Like even, you know, I tell people, it is the one friend that will never leave you. Right? There's, a, there's a hadith where when somebody's in the grave, they can hear the people leaving. They can hear their footsteps leaving. But who's the one friend who will remain with you? It's the Quran. The Quran can expand your grave. The Quran can be a light for you in your grave. Can be a witness for you. Subhanallah. Yeah. I mean, you really, you had, you had me in tears. You had the people in the background behind the scenes in tears, Subhanallah, with, with that, with that verse and also your recitation and the explanation. I think that's something to which we all can relate. I think that's something that resonates with every single person, you know, in, in this world and Subhanallah, I look back and, you know, I actually left faith all together when I was 18. For a decade, I was like agnostic, atheist, humanist, you know, on a varying scale, on a sliding scale, because I lost my father and my sister within a three-month period, um, both to cancer. And so then to hear how you actually leaned on the Quran, you know, I look back now as someone of faith, of renewed faith, I look back and I say, I, I wish I wish I had the Quran. I wish I had Islam during that time to get through. Well, subhanAllah, maybe it's what brought you here, you know, subhanAllah now, like maybe not having that and like Allah's timing is perfect, right? SubhanAllah. So, alhamdulillah. And it's just how powerful it can be, you know, like how powerful faith can be, how powerful this Quran can be. And you said something before you you recited that verse, which is that this is a motto that you kind of keep going back to in your life. And subhanAllah, we've seen this emergence of mantras. And I read something that was really poignant that that said, um, you know, young people today are replacing our du'as and dhikrs and adqars and Quranic verses with new age mantras. But we already have the best mantra quote unquote air quotes of all we have these da's given to us we have these verses given to us so i urge you if you're a viewer if you're a listener out there you find yourself like repeating mantras of some sort or you know positivity yes like you can do that but go back and see how you can replace some of those you know uh mantras if you will with verses from the quran you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I um, so subhanAllah, one of my friends uh, was going through a hard time and she messaged me and she was like, you know, my therapist is giving me all these self-affirmation journals, like where I have to like affirm I'm this, I'm that. And she was like, they're helping, but I feel like they're missing something from a faith lens. Right. So she was like, is there something like that, you know, in Islam, like self-affirmations from the Quran? So I told her not that I know of, but then like I dug into verses with another friend, may Allah reward her. And we, we, you know, made a, a post about 30 self-affirmations from the Quran. 
and you can find it on my uh, Quranic Ocean page. But subhanAllah, it's, and so many people, you know, one sister in the UK literally made self-affirmation cards and she started giving it out, right, to people. And she actually sent me one, may Allah reward her. But it's so nice to have because like, you know how like, you know, like um, chicken soup for the soul, like it used to be a calendar. I don't know, like, by, you know, I don't know if they still have it. But I remember me growing up, like it was like- We're a probably new... dating ourselves, both of us. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. I'm giving my age away. But anyway, but, but um, it was like a calendar you wake up to and there's like a core or something nice, right? And then you flip. So imagine like, you know, the, my, my Allah wrote her, she, she sent them to me. So they're literally cards. So every day you can just flip it to the, to the back, right? Um, and it's like, Allah is enough for me, right? Allah is my wali. Allah takes us from darkness into light. Um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created you perfectly, right? All these verses, subhanAllah, that are there for us and it doesn't leave you empty because if I'm saying I'm beautiful, it's nice, but I have a lot to maintain. That, that actually puts more pressure on myself. You know what right. I'm saying? And versus, it's like, yeah, you know. Versus, like, exactly. Versus Allah created me beautiful. Now it's like. Exactly. Right? You're not leaving yourself to yourself. <laughs> Because even when you just said, I'm beautiful, and then you mentioned how much upkeep that would take, I was like, these self-affirmations are supposed to be against like the capitalistic society in which we live, but somehow they also can reinforce them because it's just not enough, right? (laughs) So that just hit me when you said that. That's why I was just laughing so much. But like you said, yeah, Allah created me beautiful and I am worthy and I am beautiful in his eyes. And what makes me beautiful are these, you know, we can learn from the attributes, right? And, you know, subhanAllah, like I can really see why you named it Quranic Ocean because it just, whether you're studying how to get closer to the Quran or you're diving into the Quran itself and connecting with it uh, in your heart, like it just, there's a drop. You feel like it's just a drop of this vastness. And subhanAllah, inshallah, you know, we have our whole lives to continue cultivating this relationship inshallah exactly exactly and, and that's why it's like drop by drop right you'll find an impact right and and you know subhanallah the quranic oceans is endless literally endless right so you collect one gem and then on a different day it's it speaks to you in a different way subhanallah like right it just it's really endless and it's beautiful and it's fulfilling alhamdulillah so for for our listeners and viewers out there who are parents how have you kind of taken what you've learned from your own journey and from teaching others and infused it into your parenting well, subhanAllah parenting I feel like it's its own journey too um I I think uh, one thing I've learned from uh the Quran is to is is self-accountability and self-work right mm-hmm. is you know, a lot of times I think we, you know, for parents, um, we get overwhelmed with, you know, how are we going to help them be this, help them be that. But uh, in different verses in the Quran have helped me realize that my parenting journey is more about me than them, right? It's more about what I'm doing through this parenting versus what I'm teaching them through this parenting, right? It, it always come back, it comes back to the self. So that's one thing. And then also the second thing I've learned is that, um, to detach yourself from the outcomes. I think a lot of times we, ju- we, we uh, measure success by the outcome of something versus, right. you know, you just look at the Prophet وسلم, right? In, in his journey that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells him, you, you just you just give the message. Mm-hmm. You know, were prophets unsuccessful because their communities didn't believe? No, they're still successful. Was Prophet Nuh unsuccessful because his son didn't believe? absolutely not right so we have to detach ourselves from the outcomes we do what we can right and Allah sees how much we tried in our effort and this is something that's really hard especially as parents like it's you know it's easy to say this but it's hard when you don't see for instance uh kids doing you know making the right choices when you have to watch them make a mistake right and not learn from it right you can only do what you can. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't hold you accountable to something you long you no longer have control over. Right. Mm-hmm. So you have to like stay in your ground, right? In your safety boat. You have to be anchored in your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? Rather than jump off that boat. Like Prophet Nuh can you just imagine if he jumped off the boat to save his son? <laughs> we we may not we probably would not have been here. 
the entire community would have drowned because he left the boat, right? He left the ark, but he had to stay there. He had to, he has to stay anchored in la ilaha illallah and, and not go save his son, right? That was his test of faith, right? SubhanAllah. So our test of faith is to also stay in our safety boats as we parent, right? And we have to be anchored in la ilaha illallah too. Beautiful, subhanAllah. I mean, and how has that influenced how you approach teaching the Quran with your children and like your ex human expectations, I guess, of what they achieve when it comes to connecting with the Quran? So my kids are younger, again, they're six and eight right now, alhamdulillah. But I think it just, for me, because emotions are so visible in the Quran and I studied psychology, um, it helps us accept our humanity so if i can get you know my my kids to connect with the quran emotionally right mm -hmm. then i feel like that is like the stepping stone right yeah. versus i think a lot of times you know especially for those who are born muslim right it's it was always do's and don'ts don't yeah. do this do this pray now okay you're done praying right it was like very robotic versus expectation exactly. and like yeah yeah. And faith is not robotic. Like if you're internal and the Prophet tells us this, if your heart is sound, everything else will fall into place. So if we're helping them bring their hearts from now at this age to the Quran, right, then inshallah, once their heart is feeling low one day, which it will, I mean, we all go through, you know, phases in life. I pray that they'll know that, okay, the Quran is there for me, right, you know, rather than if it was robotic, you know, it's not going to come naturally. You want it to come naturally. So the other day, my eight-year-old was telling me like, you know, I I'm crying and I shouldn't be crying. And I'm like, oh, it's okay for you to cry. And I was like, we all cry, right? The prophets cried. They were sad, right? Like, uh, you know, and, and subhanAllah, I think it's because, and, you know, we, we are in an age of like, almost like perfectionism to the point where don't show emotion to be perfect, right? Mm -hmm. Versus... Again, going back to Prophet Musa, his strength came with showing his fear. Yeah. Right? In, the, in the Quran, it keeps saying that he was khaifan, like he was scared. He was scared. And then we know that he's one of the strongest prophets physically. So physical strength and strong faith can, will come with you feeling sad, you feeling fear and scared, etc. So even knowing that for children, that really helps them be human be the kids they are but they're gonna be scared right so imagine her you know saying and you know a kid saying i'm scared prophet musa was scared you know like online like just imagine that connection right there and they're actually coming out with you know new parenting techniques in the past you know five years decade it's become more common where it's like yes talk about those emotions with your child and you're you're in from the field of psychology so you know more about this than i do but talk about that with your child and say, yes, it's okay to feel sad or it's okay to feel angry. What's making you feel that way? And subhanAllah, look at that. <laughs> Go back to the Quran. It's teaching us emotional intelligence. It's teaching us psychology. It's teaching us how to deal with these things with, uh, you know, with other humans and with our children, subhanAllah. Now, you said you have a six-year-old, eight-year-old, mashallah, mashallah. Um, what like how are you introducing the Quran to them though like are you just telling them stories are there certain games that and resources that you would recommend to anybody because this is something you know a lot of parents that I've come across they say oh I send them to Sunday school for this because I don't know really how to how to teach them yes I talk to them about the stories or I'll say oh remember this hadith or this verse but systematically no I send them to Sunday school. So what could you recommend? Again, like I would recommend what I recommended for us from the beginning, like bringing your heart to the Quran, right? Because I think a lot of times we get preoccupied in, like you said, sending them and whether it's not Sunday school, but putting them in this program and now everything's online, like, okay, uh, this subscription and this subscription, which is beautiful. Like, alhamdulillah, it's so nice to have access to all uh, these things that help our children but at the end of the day just to teach them that you can connect with it that you know and um, I think that is really 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 important and that is for me personally like a game changer in in the way they approach uh, stories from the Quran like I remember my daughter one time she was going through a hard time where um, you know one of our family members was no longer here and 
and she was saying you know like it's you know it's sad that people come and go and then I was telling her about the Prophet and how he lost his wife and how you know again so like take those you know opportunities which it's sad right a lot of times we can get like oh my gosh they're sad they're experiencing this let's just stop right there right it's it's because it's hard to like absorb these little kids emotions or help them absorb their emotions right in a positive way but once you like help them absorb it and give them like stories of prophets and the prophet muhammad etc and to to make them feel like hey these people were human too and this is what helped them right this helped them right and and you're not like you know weird for experiencing this emotion right, right. or you're, you're not any different for experiencing this emotion right so for me it's it's maybe i'm just a feeling person but for me it's just to connect their feelings with the stories because they'll remember it you know they'll remember it like subhanallah you know uh so basically it comes back to sharing those stories making those connections having those conversations with your children are with your loved ones in your life. Like I would love for someone to have those conversations with me. So alhamdulillah, you never know how you can inspire that, you know, relationship. But, oh, I just lost my other question. <laughs> how you can inspire that relationship. Um, I, I will say though, I, I think I think we think like, sometimes we, we think that kids are too young to know. Yes. But, the, you know, the earlier we teach them the reality of life and dunya and jannah and all these, you know, concepts, etc., that are hard to grasp, but they're essential to grasp because this is life. Like This is the reality. You know, the earlier we do it, I think the more positive impact, you know, it will create for them in the, in, in the long run. Um, and this is just one way that I, I encourage others to teach about, for instance, salah, because, yeah. you know, prayer is such an essential part of who we are right like if you're holding on to your prayer you can only get so low in your life right you will face lows but you're still anchored in salah you still have that outlet that refuge right so one day um i was explaining to my daughter and again she's eight so she's young but it's important for her to know the reality of life like she's already had you know my she's seen my grandma pass away for instance right so um she knows that you know death is real right so that also as sad as it is it's an opportunity it was an opportunity so i told her you know why we pray one of the reasons we pray allah Subh'ala told us to pray but why does it help us why do we need prayer so i told her one you know one day the people that you once relied on might not be here you know maybe maybe i won't be here as your mother one day maybe your father won't be here maybe your best friends won't be here but do you know who will always be there with you? Allah will. Allah will, will always be there with you. And for you to connect with Allah every day in your salah, because salah is a connection, right? You know that you have him, right? So the, the minute somebody's no longer there, you have your salah. You have your connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is when your, your, your prayer will make all the difference for you, right? And again, like, this is a big topic, right? You're talking to an eight-year-old here, but subhanAllah, like you can really see an impact in, in, in their eyes, right? You can, you, can, you can realize that it's done something. And this is, these are important concepts because let's say, you know, a mother, you know, may Allah protect us all, does pass away when the kid is nine years old. That happens sometimes, right? So for them to have had that conversation before, imagine that impact, right? Mm. Subhanallah. I mean, I really think that we've, we've touched on this in the past few podcasts, which is like this positive psychology and really treating children as humans who are trying to ex understand their experience and process their emotions. I just think like, this is such an important, important topic, you know, in parenting, maybe we'll even have just a podcast about this, because this is something that keeps coming up. And it's something that really extends beyond children. When we look at the older generation, we see, okay, they were taught not to talk about these things. So how are we dealing with this? And are we doing enough to unlearn, reparent ourselves, so that we can show up and break those cycles for our children, like you're talking about, subhanAllah. You know, there's a verse, let me get it. I think it's 4615 that literally 
teaches us that our parenting role is to break those cycles. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's the I've heard this recently that when you heal as a parent, you heal generations to come. Exactly. That verse is in the Quran that shows us this, right? And it's here. I'll um, it's, I'm gonna open it quickly. It's forty six um, um, fifteen. Okay. And it's okay. a dua that um, Allah Subhanahu wa tells us in the Quran that a child says a, ch- a child says this. Uh, dua when they once they grow up and they reach the age of 40 years old right mm-hmm. so now they're 40 years old and they say this dua i'll read the dua bismillahirrahmanirrahim rabbi awzi'ni an ashkura ni'mataka allati an'amta alayya wa ala walidayya وأن أعمل صالحا ترضاه وأصلح لي في ذريتي إني تبت إليك وإني من المسلمين. So this child says when they grow up. Ya Allah, help me be grateful for the blessings that you have given me. So number one, right? Number one is to attribute your blessings to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you as a parent raise a child who knows that their blessings are from Allah and not from their own doing, you're succeeded, right? That is success. Success is to, for a child to know that, oh, it wasn't mom who cooked this food, right? It was her who made it, right? But Allah gave us a suit, right? For them to know that, that's number one, right? Shukr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then, وَأَنْ أَعْمَلَ صَالِحًا That help me reform. And you be pleased with my reform. This is you healing, right? Working to change, right? Maybe your parents didn't raise you in the best way, right? Where... Maybe you experienced trauma. Maybe you experienced all these things. What can you do as a, per- as a person to reform? That's islah, right? A lot of times we translate islah as doing good deeds. But what is good deeds? Actually, islah comes from salaha, which means to fix, to rectify, to reform, which means that people won't always do the right thing. But what can you do, right? I think a lot of times like we, we say, oh, okay, well, I, well, my parents didn't teach me the right way. So this is why I'm like that. No. Okay, your parents didn't teach you the right way, but you also now have a golden opportunity to change. That is the whole point, right? That is the whole point. And it's here in this verse, right? When I'm going to fix in what I can for you to be pleased with me, right? And on top of that, help me rectify through my generation because I don't want to create generational baggage. Right. And that's my responsibility as a believer to do my best so I don't create that, right? That is my God-given responsibility. Allah Subhanahu has given all of us a responsibility that when we are parenting, we simultaneously have to keep reforming and fixing. Right? Maybe 10 years ago, I was doing something. I'm like, oh, wow, I think that wasn't the best thing. Now I'm learning in this you know, psychology book that this, that this was the wrong approach. I change. I'm applying this verse when I do that. Right? And then it says, inni tubtu ilayk. I repent to you because God knows I'm going to make mistakes along the way. That is a part of who I am. Again, so here's the Quran accepting the fact that you're not always going to have the right answer. And that is important for kids to know that, you know, when I tell my daughter, like when she tells me you did this and I'm like, I know I made a mistake. (laughs) I'm human, you know, like (laughs) a mom is human too. Right. And that is huge Subhanallah, for kids to know that we're going to make mistakes. And Allah tells us, I repent to you. Right. And I'm from those who submit to you. I'm submitting to Allah at the end of the day, not to what culture thinks of me, right? Not to what, what somebody thinks of me or society. It is, I am submitting to Allah, the one who created me, period, right? SubhanAllah. So that is a, a beautiful verse. And again, I recommend we all memorize that dua. <laughs> This has been just really beautiful. This is, I mean, I've been mesmerized almost in the in the second half of this whole conversation. I feel like 
I'm in a, in a Quranic class with you, subhanAllah. We've covered, you know, despair and coming to the Quran as we are. We've covered intergenerational cycles and trauma and breaking that and hardship and all of this is in the Quran. This is how we've covered it by like you mentioning certain verses and what you took away from that. So subhanAllah, we can really see how important it is to cultivate our relationship with the Quran. I think, you know, coming to it, approaching the Quran with our heart, as you said. And I wrote down like some, some takeaways, like we, we first read the Quran, we reflect on it. I love that distinction you gave between tadabbar, reflection, and tafsir. Um, because I think that is um, confused a lot. We go into understanding and then we go into embodying the Quran and what it is to embody the Quran and, and then share it through example and with others. Can you speak a little bit about that just in closing uh, when we get to the point where we are striving to be the embodiment of the Quran? Yeah, so the embodiment, it will come the more we are bringing our situation to the Quran, our heart situation to the Quran right so this is how we transform like for somebody who is on a low who is feeling completely broken isolated alone and now they are bringing that to the Quran right and they're coming with those feelings in the Quran and maybe because of their feelings that they're bringing into the Quran a verse that maybe didn't speak to me or you will speak to them because you know your eye starts fixating on things that you need when you're bringing your situation in so now one verse that they need spoke to them anchored them right so let's say now they live by that or now they write that down they reflect on that and the next day the same thing right so now they have a you know compilation of verses that really helped them feel more whole right or gave them an outlet at you know at the time that they were feeling this so now they're feeling more whole with time because they approach the Quran with their heart. So now as they're healing through the Quran, they're transforming. They're transforming from brokenness to wholeness and maybe a wholeness that they had never thought possible, right? Because now this wholeness came from Allah's words for you, right? And now this is where the embodiment comes that you know now the Quran is a healer. Right. The Quran is a healer, right? This person now knows, oh my gosh, the Quran healed me, right? So now anytime they're feeling any type of emotion or anything, right? They know that, okay, the Quran can be there for me, right? And that is how you, you know, we changed the perspective. And that's how you can start embodying, you know, the Quran personally, right? Um, and then also, Verses like these, like the one that we discussed of Prophet Musa, the one of gratitude here, when you're going through different phases of life that you know that, okay, this is not the end. What can I do from here? Okay, I can fix. I can reform. Okay, I can make dua. Oh, I can channel my emotion to Allah, right? There's a solution right, to what you're going through, subhanAllah. SubhanAllah. And you actually have me rethinking my strategy of connecting more with the Quran now because I, I'm a I'm naturally quite a research oriented person and for anybody out there who like likes to do things very strategically or methodologically, you know, I think that sometimes we see it, the Quran, and we say, okay, we have to go from Bakara to the end, you know, <laughs> and we have to do it piece by piece so we don't miss anything. And that might come from this idea of like in Ramadan, you know, they have all those plans on how to finish the Quran and perhaps it stems from that. Um, but now I'm thinking, okay, what if I look in the index? What if I look uh, for specific verses and specific jaws that speak to my situation at the time? Like if I'm feeling overwhelmed and stressed out you know look up what verse might go with that and then start learning that way um you just have me reevaluating my own plan so i do urge others out there look at how you're connecting look at how you're learning and and think about that think about the different approaches perhaps and if you have any suggestions as to resources um we do know that you have quranic ocean classes can you tell us a little bit about your classes Yes, so right now my classes are only for women at the time being. 
Um, and, and I have uh, live classes that run um, about kind of like college semester, like at the same time. So I usually start September and then they we have a break in um, winter break and then they restart again. And then I have summer classes usually. And usually it's a live course about 14 weeks or so. And uh, we meet once a week and it's we go by surahs. And uh, what I like so far that we've done is that Hamza, I let the students pick the next surah. So uh, Surat Maryam was picked by a few students, alhamdulillah. We started with that. And then I asked the group, what do you want to do next? It was Yusuf. And then now we're the next group asked for Surat Al-Qasas. So we're there right now, alhamdulillah. And what's nice is that so far, they've all been stories, you know, coincidentally. Like we learned about Maryam's story and Prophet Yusuf's story and now Prophet Musa's story and Surat Al-Qasas. Um, and the way we um, dive into the surahs is different. Is It's that every class we're bringing our emotions and feelings and like we reflect, we reflect. And what my favorite part of the class is hearing from the rest because you hear, you know, different perspectives because of what somebody's going through, right? You know, someone was like, oh, I had to drop my, my, my um, son off to university overseas and it was hard on me. And this verse spoke to me because of so-and-so-and-so, right? Somebody else, you know, I was going through surgery last week, but then this verse resonated because of so and so and so. And subhanAllah, like each person, a verse spoke to them in a different way because of their situation. And I would have never known that, right? If I hadn't asked them, right, tell me what spoke with you and why, right? Simply by bringing your feelings in and your situation in. Um, so that's something that is, alhamdulillah, has been really unique in the class. And then also is that we, um, we look at themes. So, for instance, we talked about fear coming a lot in, in Surah Al-Qasas, that Prophet Musa was scared. So we analyze the verses where fear is mentioned. What can we take and derive from those verses alone, right? How does that speak to you, right? And like you said, you know, there's no like, you know, like you were talking about the, the, the going in order in the Quran. I think a lot of times like we can um, almost handicap ourselves from like just being so routine based, right? Yeah. Versus like, I'm feeling this, what surah can speak to me? Or what theme can speak to me? Or is there um, a mention of, you know, a heart that is void in the Quran? Because my heart is void, right? There are, right? So <laughs> subhanAllah. So then you just open the Quran and you go to that verse or to that surah. And and um, yeah, if you follow my, my on, I'm more active on Instagram than Facebook. But if you follow my Instagram for everybody, and again, um, this is where like I, I have live classes for men and women on IGTV. So where can, where can we find you on Instagram? What's your handle? It's Quranic underscore ocean. Quranic underscore ocean. And that's Q-U-R-A-N-I-C underscore O-C-E-A-N. Correct. Yeah. Um, and yeah, usually I have weekly lives uh, like at Adabur, and that's where people can engage and ask questions. Alhamdulillah. And, and sometimes like I'll invite someone who wants to reflect on a verse. Sometimes like the, I'll get a message. Oh, can you reflect on this verse? So Alhamdulillah, it's just, it's just really nice for all of us. Like, you know, a lot, you know, most people I've met on a Quranic ocean that I haven't actually physically met, but Subhanallah, there's like a different bond because you're bonding through the Quran. Alhamdulillah. Um, yeah. so I, I, I hope to meet, uh, you know, many of you on there, inshallah. Inshallah, definitely. I mean, and then while you were just talking and telling me about your class and how you go by themes and how it was all stories at first, subhanAllah, it reminded me, like, even in the revelation, the order of revelation of the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knew that he had to get the people's hearts to fall in love with him first before he started, you know, all the, all the other types of verses that were really giving us the rules. And subhanAllah, we look at how we teach, going back to, you know, our previous uh, conversation, we tend to teach the rules over that connection with the heart. So really what you're uh, encouraging and what you're teaching, uh, Sister Samia, is going back to honestly what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us and how he revealed and how revelation was sent down. So Jazakallah khair for all of the work that you're doing to really revive this and revive this approach to the Quran. It's very important. We're losing, you know, sisters and brothers left and right. And this, this relationship, this connection, this, this rope really that connects us to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, is so necessary. Um, we have your social media handles for Quranic underscore ocean more active on Instagram. And you can also visit quranicocean.podia.com. 
That's karanicocean.podia.com to register for the classes that Sister Sammy is talking about, if you're a sister. Um, and then how best to support Run Charlotte, Rare and Undiagnosed Network of Charlotte. So I have that written down. Can you tell us a little bit about that initiative and how we can be involved? Yes, so Run Charlotte is an organization that I started and co-founded with a few other moms of uh, special needs children. Uh, unfortunately, because of COVID, we have not been as active. You know, we stopped meeting physically. We used to meet um, quarterly, alhamdulillah, just, you know, for families to be a support, you know, of, of uh, special needs families. Because a lot of times, you know, these uh, families can feel isolated or, you know, maybe unwelcome in certain communities, unfortunately. And I know, you know, that's why, alhamdulillah, Muhsin started, you know, our Muslim, Muslim organization for that. Uh, this one is only locally for Charlotte, um, alhamdulillah, uh, moms and, and, and dads and families. Um, and that we have a Facebook page. Again, we're not as active right now, but inshallah, once we uh, get more active, um, I usually share things on um, Quranic Ocean. So whenever like the next, you know, either fundraiser we have, and um, I will tell you all the World Rare Disease Day is um, the last day of February usually. Okay. And that is, um, that is when I encourage a lot of uh, my followers for those who have like team medium shirts. So like we sold um, uh, shirts for child syndrome for the syndrome my daughter has. Um, so any rare syndrome that you know of, like either wear a shirt that day or people say, you know, wear jeans, but just to support, you know, wear syndrome that day. Um, so that is like a global effort, uh, World Rare Disease Day. Alhamdulillah. So it's been nice to be a part of. Um, so inshallah that we literally just finished uh, selling the team medium shirts for child syndrome, but inshallah, we usually do it once a year. So if you're interested in getting a shirt and, and being a part of like this initiative, inshallah, you know, again, I'll put it on Quranic Ocean, inshallah. And are, is the RUN network also in other cities? Because I, I see rare and undiagnosed network of Charlotte. So is it in other cities at the moment? I don't believe so, like specifically. I, I don't think so right now, but I'm um, inshallah, <laughs> that's the plan. <laughs> But even the virtual community, I mean, I've worked with a lot of special needs families and I used to be a caregiver actually. Just having that support network even virtually is very important. So, you know, even if you're not in the Charlotte area, if you know somebody who needs that support or you yourself and your family need that support, definitely think about joining that network. It's called Run Charlotte, Rare and Undiagnosed Network of Charlotte. Or again, you'll find you know, reminders and ways to get involved through Quranic underscore ocean on Instagram with Sister Samia. Jazakal khair, Sister Samia. I mean, this has been such a wonderful conversation full of gems. I mean, honestly, we could talk about five different five different topics, I think, right now. Even right now, I want to go into more with you. Um, but Jazakal khair for sharing your insight, for sharing your recitation for sharing your personal story and, or part of your story rather, and teaching others how to connect more with the Quran. Jazakallah khair, thank you so much for having me, Alhamdulillah. It's been an honor to be here and to talk to you, Alhamdulillah too. Alhamdulillah. And uh, if you're listening, if you like what you're hearing, definitely engage with us wherever you hear your podcast, please rate us. Uh, hopefully, inshallah, five stars on Apple Podcasts, if, if that's where you get your podcast. And engage in the comment section. We would really like to know what you would like to hear more about in our upcoming seasons and episodes. Thank you all. Jazakumal Haram for listening. This is Munira Madison. And until next time, I'm signing off with the Remastered Podcast. Assalamu alaikum. Well, yeah, inshallah. Thank you so much. Inshallah. No problem. Jazakallah khair. It was nice to meet you. Likewise. Uh, sorry, I kept asking you about the child one because I really wanted to know, like, how are you teaching your kids? Like, are you just talking to them? Are you like doing certain books with them? So I like asked like two times, I think something different. So I didn't mean to make you like, 
uh, oh, that wait a minute. <laughs> no, you're, you're good. I know, like, uh, I'm not as like, um, what's the word? You know, how, like a lot of people like Armashallah, very creative and like, uh, like to like get down and get books. I'm not that type of person. That's just not me. So for yeah. me, it's just like talking, feelings, theories like that. That's just who I am. But I know a lot of other people are like, I need this. I need that, which is beautiful. I, mean, I wish I was like that, but I'm not. <laughs> but everyone, I, I think the majority of parents, even if they are, you know, very creative or something, they don't have the time for that. So you had the most practical advice, which was, this is how I talk to my kids. This is how I, I make the connection, subhanAllah. And honestly, I didn't know a lot of that information about you, Sister Samia, until I read your biography. And, you know, may Allah reward you and bless you. It is not easy going through divorce, being a single parent, let alone having a child with a rare condition. Mm-hmm. So subhanAllah, look at how the... I mean, I just, I'm so inspired by you. Alhamdulillah. I appreciate it. Alhamdulillah. Yes. Um, actually, for my Quran course, they, I have to work on it right now. They want this plan on how are you going to memorize, you know, all of this and how are you going to read all of this? And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to start from Surah Baqarah and I'm going to do, because they want us to recite two pages a day and memorize three verses a day but for me because I'm a convert I guess they said one verse a day oh okay but like that's what's getting frustrating or confusing because you're like okay I want to connect with it like emotionally and you're asking me to be make it like very regimented and so I was like I'm just gonna start from the beginning yeah and then just ama (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I mean, first of all, it's nice to be in those programs, but also I think the, I, I would hope that the people running the programs are like understanding of people's situations. Like, so I'm going to, I'll be honest with you. I'm in a very rigorous memorization, like review program, alhamdulillah, right? Uh-huh. But the one thing that that's kept me in it for five years now is that the teacher is very understanding our situations. And she, this is what she tells us. The moment the Quran becomes a source of stress for you, I need you to, to disengage. I need you to do a lot less because the Quran should bring you joy. And if it's not bringing you joy, then you're doing it wrong. Because if you're stressed out and you're making the Quran an added stress, no, she was like, you're doing it wrong. Like, so um, you have to approach the Quran in a way that is, you know, um, that goes with what you're going through. Right. So like, you know, maybe one week, some weeks I'm like, oh, I can do this. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. The other week I'm like, I can do a verse maybe. You know, I'm serious. Like it's because it's based on your situation. So if I feel like I wish we had teachers that just tell us to keep going. As long as you're intact with the Quran, you're in touch with the Quran. That's all that matters, and it's bringing you joy, right? That's that's how you know we should. I feel like continue to approach it, inshallah. That's beautiful. I mean, seriously, this conversation has really helped reframe. I think how I'm going to approach that plan. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of you know going at it just like I don't want to miss anything kind of coming at it with that approach inshallah so and I'm gonna look at your website definitely for for support so that's all out there